joining me, everyone. So how do we make sense over this contradiction between the um, Purita seemingly puritanical manifestations of the Me Too movement as it's manifested around the accusations against Aziz Asari and the sort of the free love sexual revolution that we think purportedly the left has embraced and has promoted all these many, many uh, centuries, if not in recent decades. And, and I think what it comes down to is that it's it's kind of like the, uh, the scissors effect. It's, uh, you know, on the one hand, the left going back to the Marquis de Sade, who was part of the French Revolution, they promoted the idea that that free sex is good, that any expression of sexuality is is a virtue, and that to oppose any se any sexuality is repressive, and that, that there's something wrong with you. I mean, Sigmund Freud brought it up to a, to a science with his coining of the idea of polymorphous perversity, which is that any sex with anyone at any time in any condition is the ultimate virtue, and that to oppose this is repressed. In other words, there's something mentally wrong with you if you oppose this. I mean, I suppose we could look at it from the perspective of Marx, which would hold that um, sexual mores and sexual standards are something that is a false consciousness. It's made up by people who want to exploit us. It's kind of the theory of exploitation, the conspiracy theory of exploitation, that somehow, um, you know, um, you know, this is a this is a straitjacket meant to oppress people, and that uh, sexual liberation is good. In the case of Marx, he had a, a, a son out of wedlock that we know about. And, um, you know, the, the tendency being that um, whatever, it goes back, I suppose, to the ancient Greek Epicureans. Whatever feels good is good. That's the definition of existence, feeling, sensation. And thus, you feed, in, you feed the good sensations. You're basically living a virtuous life. That's the highest value. And yet now we have a situation where people who brought up legitimate cases of, of rape uh, against people like um, Harvey Weinstein and real gross sexual uh, behavior by people like Ben Affleck and um, and uh, Al Franken and, and others. It's now degenerated, and I suppose this is maybe an example of how the left always goes overboard, into someone bringing up accusations against the actor Aziz Asari because of... A, a consensual sexual encounter that they, they had had many, many years earlier, <clears throat> and she just didn't like it, or she didn't. She was angry at him for whatever reason, so she decided to publicize this in in detail, and thus humiliate him and hurt his career. Um, and, and this goes to, um, you know, the sort of the the the, uh, the scissors effect, the 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 action and the reaction, the the. Uh, the dialectic. On the one hand, you have free sex and free love. On the other hand, you have these rules put in place. Um, you know, Andrew Dworkin, um, the the professor, I think, of the NYU professor back in the 1980s or 90s, talked about these rules that would have to be put in place because she viewed all sex as rape and um, marriage as slavery. 
and thus uh, rules would have to be put in place where you almost have to have a legal document for every little thing you do sexually. You know, may I may I put my hand on your breast? You know, they want a signed signature, yes or no. Then the next thing, may I put my hand around your waist? Yes or no. And, you know, it was almost something that was adopted by Antioch College back in the 90s, the Antioch Rules, which, you know, on the surface seemed like an extreme form of Victorian ultra-sensitivity regarding sex, but in fact is a form of tyranny, and it's a reaction to the tyrannical yet seemingly liberating sexual revolution. Now, why do I say the sexual revolution is tyrannical? Well, because first of all, if a person is completely ruled by their senses and their desire for pleasure at whatever moment they're in and completely living in the present as opposed to considering their own future, considering uh, the past and things that have worked and not worked and putting themselves in a context of a moral society, then that person becomes, in the de facto sense, a slave. They're a slave to their own lusts and their own desires, and thus they can be manipulated more easily by others, if that, that being the government or other authorities. You know, they're, they're not as sovereign or as independent or as self-sufficient as they might otherwise be because they're dependent and almost addicted to the incredible force that is sexuality. This is why, you know, I suppose if you want to look at it from a biblical standpoint, this was why God put restrictions on sexuality because it is such a powerful force. He wanted to channel it in a way that would make it sacred and that would restrain it, um, you know, with the understanding that uh, desire is a powerful thing. They, by removing those restraints, you weaken society and then you come in with the second half of the equation and you impose unnecessary restraints without moral comment, but just sheer totalitarianism on those who had already their, their, their passions and their lusts unleashed by this ethos of free love. And so we have this strange double-edged sword. On the one hand, you have the advocacy of free sex, free love as the ultimate virtue. And then you have this other phenomena of every little move you make, it has to be approved by the government. You know, the government is, you know, they, they like to say, well, we want to get the government out of the bedroom. Well, this puts the government in the bedroom in spades. I mean, it's it, it just... You know, you literally have to sign off on every little thing you do. It completely ends unbridled sexuality. It puts everything in the context of force and of external rules. And I would say that that's what the left does. I mean, you know, that's why they release, you know, society or they try to release society and individuals from restraints so that they can then come in and enforce their own version of restraints, which is restraints without external uh, force. It's, it's, it's arbitrary restraints, restraints without moral context, just simply totalitarian restraints. So, the, so this is where we are now with the, uh, the Me 
Two movement, which started out as a legitimate and important movement. That is to stop unwanted attacks, primarily against women, but against some men too. And it's turned it into this totalitarian system by which anybody, if they're uncomfortable with a sexual encounter, can destroy someone else by reporting them, which is the case, an attempt to destroy Aziz Ansari for a voluntary relationship he had many years ago that, for whatever reason, this woman didn't like, and then she decided to get revenge. Now, maybe he might have had the encounter because he might have been a little too liberated, like so many of us are. He opened himself up to it. But now he's reaping the consequence by the one-two punch, the second half of the left's agenda, which is to impose rules from external forces that are totalitarian in nature. I mean, in a sense, this is imposing rules on sex in the same way that the left has invented this science called microaggression, which imposes, you know, rules on people um, who, uh, you know, might have a racist gene. They, they can analyze them under a microscope and find out if they might have something indirectly that could, they could then be attacked and destroyed for being racist. Um, you know, it's totalitarian. It's, it's tyranny. At its, at its height. And when I say tyranny, I don't mean legal tyranny, like it might be in a leftist country like this old Soviet Union or Nazi socialist Germany. That's not happening, at least not yet. But it's cultural tyranny. It's tyranny by use of a force that in many ways is even more insidious and powerful than government itself. And that is by destroying a person's reputation, by destroying their ability to conduct their livelihood by trying to destroy their life if they don't kowtow to a particular agenda. Anyway, so that's, that's my thoughts on the uh, Ansari controversy. And uh, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon.